0: What a rich experience we have <clears throat> excuse me, as a class, and uh, the variety of ministries that are going on, um, people reading outside of class, <clears throat> excuse me, um, taking in streaming uh, presentations, praying for one another. Wow. Uh, our fellowship is, is very rich. Thank you for your participation in all of this. I want to begin today by looking at Revelation 12. <clears throat> we will address this um, more at length as we get into the book in a few months. Um, but right now I just want us to read another vision of Christ in the book of Revelation. We've looked at chapters 1, chapters uh, 1, 5, and 7, and now let's look at 12. We won't read all of it, but we'll read part of it. And a great (coughs) sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Now, that gives us the impression that this woman uh, is in concert with creation as if God had in mind this woman and her offspring from creation creation is supporting her her life and her uh, situation she was pregnant and she was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth And another sign. Okay, so that's one great sign. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness where she she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260. years. Days. Look down at verse nine. And the great dragon was thrown down. There's war in heaven between Michael and and so forth. The great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down. Um, <clears throat> I have the uh, scriptures on CD. Written by Max McLean. And McLean does such a great job with this passage. He was thrown down uh, to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night Before our God Look down at verse 13 And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down Okay, now how many times have we seen that phrase Thrown down Okay Is he a defeated foe? I kind of think he is, don't you? Okay, he's been thrown down When the dragon had uh, saw that he had been thrown down to earth He pursued the woman Who had given birth to the male child Look down at verse 7. The dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. And then we see his his, um, pseudo-Christ, the Antichrist, in chapter 13. Now, I, I want to uh, give a word of appreciation to those of you who are tolerating the depth of our study on millennialism, and now I'm going to uh, venture into tribulationalism, and there are a number of approaches to it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you're, a, you're a great class, and you're, uh, you're giving me all kinds of liberty here, and I thank you for that. What I hope to do is to, to expand us not only so that we understand what we believe, but that we understand what other brothers and sisters in the church believe. And it will give us an appreciation for um, variety within the church, For and it will raise our curiosity in terms of how we interpret the scriptures. So how do these brothers and sisters interpret the scripture to arrive at that particular doctrine or position on millennialism or on tribulation, uh, tri- tribulationism? How do these brothers and sisters over here interpret the scripture? The key is hermeneutics. The key is how we interpret the scripture. Uh,
1: before we get right since we're at that point right between the premillennialism and the tribulation um, I'd like to get some clarification on one point that we've heard even today uh, as a result of yesterday's seminar that we're talking about I've heard many people say "Oh, the, the rapture is right here, it's just upon us right, you know, all these signs of rapture we know it's here now I've thought for 50 years if since I've sort of been had a preference toward the pre-millennial pre position. I've always felt that the rapture could come at any time. Is it really correct to predict that now, and I mean by that within say a year or two, within the uh, year or so, is it really correct to say that A is coming now?
0: Anybody uh, want to answer Fred's question? <laughs> 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 we <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I, I, I think simply put, and, and any of you can, can certainly follow up here, simply put, it can happen in the next second. That's
1: right. Well, I believe that. Okay,
0: it can happen in the next month or the next year or the next decade or the next century. Uh, it could happen in the next millennium. But it
2: will happen.
0: It will happen. It will happen, and it will happen when the Father turns to the Son... And nods and says it's time. Go, go get your bride. Um, and so, you're, do we see things happening in history yes. that could be preparation for the tribulation coming? Yes. Uh, could the tribulation happen almost any time in world history? I think it could. Uh, some you've mentioned, uh, or Helena mentioned. Uh, that Satan always has somebody in the wings. So, uh, yes. Yes. And and that's our hope, and that's our glory, and that's our joy. Do, do you have a follow-up thought? Well, I
1: mean, I'd be very happy if it happened today. <laughs> but uh, you know, I sometimes think that
2: people, uh, and <clears throat> preachers included,
1: are saying it's right upon us. Meaning, they
0: don't mean in the next 50 years. They
1: mean in the next few months.
0: I think that's premature. Have you, uh, are are you acquainted with David Jeremiah's ministry? Yes. Okay, and he's recently, hasn't he just recently finished a series on this in which he was talking about the, kind of the prerequisites for the end times? and, And I believe his conclusion was, everything's ready to go. It just depends on when God wants... To start it. Back. Yes.
2: One of my favorite authors, Barbara Brown Taylor. <clears throat> she's actually a, a guest uh, lecturer at, at Baylor often, and she's at a seminary in Atlanta. But she has one of my favorite books she's written is called Home by a Different Way, and her first chapter is called God's Beloved Thief, and she quotes that passage in Matthew. it says like a thief in the night and one of her points is that a thief doesn't bring you up and say I'm coming next Thursday (laughs) so be prepared get the good china out lay it on the table Mm -hmm. Um, all your children's favorite toys have them all out because I'm coming the point of end times is that we are to be prepared every day be prepared for every day and the reason he uses that or she uses that terminology like a thief in the night and why she said Jesus is God's beloved thief is not to frighten us and the point at the end of her I wish I could read the whole thing to you uh, she says for he's coming to steal that which we will not give him which is our heart and
3: our soul, and
4: our prized possessions. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw something out, and that is that is that you're uh, <clears throat> what you're expressing, that he could be back anytime, is the doctrine of eminency. And that doesn't exist if you're mid-trip or post-trip. That means you just tipped your hat that you're pre-trip, because uh, if the rapture is mid-trib Jesus can't come back till the middle of the tribulation
0: Right So if, if we believe the tribulation is a, is a literal seven year period of time Then uh, Christ cannot come And get his church if, if that event If the rapture occurs In the middle of that seven year period
4: And one other thing mm-hmm. And that is that There's a, a poem That the sailors use That uh, is Jesus, when he was addressing the disciples, were saying, you know, show us what's going to happen. And the sailors today say, um, red sky at morning, Mm -hmm. sailors morning. morning. Red sky at night, sailors delight. And Jesus said that to the disciples without the poetry. And he said, Mm -hmm. "Um, it's wrong that you can read the sky, but you can't discern the times. And we're not supposed to fix the times. But Israel didn't regather until 1948, fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. So we're in a different time. We have to understand that. I'm just saying that things are. I mean, two days ago, three days ago, one of the leaders in Australia, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're, they're putting people in camps.
5: That's right. And you're they're asking? saying,
4: this is the new world order. She mm-hmm. used that term.
5: Mm-hmm. Wow. So in camps for what? So they, they, have, they have uh, camps that, they, that basically, like FEMA camps. And those people aren't coming out. As a matter of fact, one guy in Australia, is was watching this video, and he was protesting vehemently. And the guy said, if you keep it up, I'm going to gas you. <coughs> That's a cop. Who goes into the
3: camps?
5: The uh, unvaccinated. Those, be, those the people unvaccinated. used to get uh, jabbed. So, oh, yeah OK. <clears throat>
0: Okay, g- great questions, good comments. Thank you. Uh, you're looking, at, I want to make an, a comment about this particular slide. And I didn't say this when I first showed it to you. <clears throat> so, this particular slide is showing us the church as a parenthetical age. <coughs> and you see that the church age is not part of that ascending platform. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the church is not um, visualized here. Because God's prophetic calendar and prophetic program our, our, um, program and, and calendar deal with the Jews. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean the church isn't involved and, and have a place. We, we will have a place in it. But God's promises to Abraham through Moses, through David, in the new covenant... All of these covenants God promises are not for you and me, brothers and sisters, they're for Israel. And God's uh, long-term program um, builds and reaches its climax in the millennial reign of Christ, and then it goes into the uh, eternal state. So I wanted to make that clear to you. All right, so this is just a simple review. Ah, millennialism, no physical earthly reign. Post-millennialism, Christ uh, is thought to return to earth at the end of the church age after the nations are evangelized and things get better. Pre-millennialism, Christ returns to earth after the tribulation and sets up a restored Davidic kingdom and brings in that Uh, favorable period of history okay let's talk about the tribulation and um, so you're familiar now with pre mid pre wrath post some of those at least some of these concepts so pre-tribulational rapture Christ takes the church to heaven before the tribulation and Rick has just pointed that out you know we're talking pre-tribulationally here because we believe Christ can come at any time and take his church to heaven. There'll be the, the um, marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, we will enjoy our union with Christ in heaven. Some people believe that Christ will rapture the church in the middle of the tribulation, because remember in the middle of the trib, and we will talk about this when we get into the book of Revelation, but in the middle of the tribulation, there seems to be a turn of fortunes and the covenant that the Antichrist makes with the Jewish people will be broken. And he will set up the abomination of desolation. He will advance himself as a God on earth. And the Jews will, will come up in arms, and as, as will the Christians, um, whatever Christians that are on earth during that time. So some people believe that that's when Christ will take his church out Uh, at that mid-tribulational point. Others would say, well, let's even be more specific, and let's just say it's a pre-wrath rapture. And by that, uh, people like Marv uh, Rosenthal, uh, who's a noted uh, Bible scholar, I think he's in Florida, who wrote his book, The Pre-Wrath Rapture, uh, would understand that Christ takes his church before God really dispenses his heavy wrath on earth. Okay. And then there are those who are post-tribulational. Christ receives the church and returns all at the same time. So at the end of the tribulational period, Christ comes down partway, receives the church, the church meets him in the air, and then he continues his descent to earth and sets up his kingdom. So pre-mid, pre-wrath, post those are the options. Now, there are, I'm sure there are people that have variations on these, but those are kind of the four general perceptions as to when the rapture might occur.
1: One more point, and that is regarding Israel. Um, it does speak of a time when Israel will look to look to Christ. It seems to me that uh, Israel today is too self-sufficient as too much ability to uh, defend itself and uh, mm-hmm. I guess I, I sort of look for a time when
0: they were forced to, to, to become dependent on Christ mm-hmm. yes I think that tribulation period is a, is a likely time for that ok look at this slide so here is dispensational premillennial chart we have got the Old Testament Israel the coming of Christ with the cross the church age, and then um, the pre-trib rapture, point one, okay, if you, if a person understands the scripture to teach that Christ takes the church up before the tribulation, that that's when it happens, the seven years of the great tribulation, the second coming afterwards. Now notice the other options down below. You've got the mid-trib, you've got the pre-wrath, and you have the post-trib. So, Depending on how a person interprets the passages regarding the rapture of the church, they'll place the tribulation at, or the rapture at various places within, before or after the trip. Then the millennium, uh, Jesus physically reigns, and the great white throne and the eternal state. Okay, comments or questions? Is that is that fairly clear? Good. Let's look at it in a little different way. Uh, we've got the pre-trib, the mid-trib, the pre-wrath, and the post-trib. Okay. Uh, we're getting comfortable with these terms, right? Okay, so the rapture happens before the wrath of God. The rapture happens before the wrath of God, but it's at the middle of the trip. The rapture happens after the wrath of Satan, before the wrath of God, somewhere in the trip. And then the rapture happens after the wrath of God at the end of the trip. So Again, just a little different presentation of, of the possibilities uh, of, of just the schematic of when the rapture could occur and, and how that relates to what's going on in the tribulation period. Okay, are you comfortably confused? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Where does Satan get thrown down permanently? At what point? I'm getting confused now but, I knew
0: this, but now I'm not so sure. That is a great... Great question. Um, I I think, and boy, I'm I'm going to make a conjecture here, and I'm uh, I'm looking on at the tree behind me and the limb I'm standing on and the saw in my hand, and I'm I'm precarious. Um, so when did when was Satan cast down? Was it at creation or before creation, when he and a third of the angels defected from God you know was it uh, would it be at the beginning of the tribulation was it when Christ came Uh,
5: according to what you read it's after Christ is born
0: well so the woman is ready to give birth to Christ yes and as we follow that vision and the vision is telling us not necessarily things in consecutive order they can be But the the vision is telling us a great truth in heaven. The great truth in heaven is the Messiah comes through the Jews and he'll be uh, opposed um, uh, by Satan. And then not being able to dispose of the child, Satan will go after the mother, Israel, and not, and, uh, not being able... To eliminate the Jews, Satan will go after the followers of Christ, who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Was definitely not cast
2: down during that period at all,
0: right? Well, he, no. Well, he's cast down, he's, 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 he's and yes, he's cast down um, on earth, earth, and, he, yeah. and he's uh, implementing his wrath on everybody that would oppose <coughs> his program. Now. Uh, Think about Job. Job was a blameless man, feared God. He was upright, uh, feared God, and he turned away from evil. And what did Satan say about him? Well, he's just serving you because you're so good to him. Um, Satan has had access to God's presence at that time. Was he cast down there? Hard to know.
2: Adam and Eve. Adam and
0: Eve. Okay, so he's right there in the garden. Uh, Is Satan cast down at that point? Uh, Are there limits to what Satan can do? Most definitely. Um, Great question. Sorry for a lame answer. Okay, an introduction to various views. Okay, so let's just work through quickly this pre-wrath rapture concept. Christ takes the church to heaven before the wrath of God is unleashed on the inhabitants of the earth during the tribulation. So as we uh, look forward to understanding the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments, all in the uh, uh, these judgments all contain judgment from God on earth, especially on the earth dwellers, people who are identified as buying into the Antichrist world order. And his program. Okay. So the wrath of God is mentioned several times in the book of Revelation uh, to John. We see those passages. The first two passages listed above give the best options for the conjectured timing of a pre-wrath rapture. So I'll show you this with the next slide. Either after the sixth seal or after the sounding of the seventh trumpet. So here we have these series of judgments. And and again, uh, people look at these uh, judgments different ways. Some of them will say they're they're simultaneous or they're repetitive. Others will say, no, they're consecutive and they're distinct. We'll we'll talk about those uh, fun issues as we get into the book. But notice, at the bottom, we have seals 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. The seventh seal doesn't have any content because it's made up of the trumpets. So the trumpets become the seventh seal. They're the content of, of the seventh seal. Trumpets one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh trumpet doesn't have any content because it's made up of the bowl judgments. And and so then we have the bowl judgments one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Kent,
1: is, is this pre-wrath, that's really new to me, is that saying that the, the trumpets, the bowls, and the seals will all occur in the
2: last three and a
0: half years? Great question, great question. And we're going to talk about the timing on those, but that would be the concept, that the first three and a half years are relatively peaceful, the Antichrist is keeping treaty with Israel, and uh, he's he's preparing uh, his program, but there are no disastrous things necessarily taking place. Yes, great question. Okay, so here's... Uh, another chart oh boy you can find these charts um, in books and on the line and online and everywhere okay so look at the tribulation views now this just has three it it leaves out the pre-wrath but you've got the the pre-tribulational rapture of the church where the church goes up the tribulation uh, takes place on earth and then the church returns with Christ in the second coming or you've got the mid-trib where it happens in the middle of the tribulation period or you have the post-trib position where it happens at the end. Okay, this slide I I am particularly fond of because it helps us see the rapture and the second coming of Christ, I think, in a way that helps us visualize the reality of, of what will take place. So we have Israel in the Old Testament, the coming of Christ. At the Last Supper, Christ said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. So there's this big until. As as you can see on the slide, the rapture occurs. And again, this is a pre-tribulational portrayal of the rapture. The rapture occurs. There's the wedding of Christ and his church. And at the end of the tribulation, Christ and the church return. The, the members of the church will assist Christ in administrating the kingdom. And um, so the church goes up and comes back with Christ. Okay, let's look at another slide. Uh, Yep. Yes, Dick? Back to that tribe, the tribulation will also include the beam of judgment. Yes. In other words, uh, we're going to be judged at the beam of judgment during that time, then we'll have the wedding feast. Yes. So if, if we were to go to 2 Corinthians uh, 5, I believe you're, you're referring to, and the, the beam of judgment would be on believers. So as we, uh, after being raptured, we will enter into judgment by Christ. Um, he will, as Paul says in Corinthians, uh, our works will be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble, but the gold and the silver will remain. So our our sterling service for Christ will be proven and we will be rewarded for that Bema seat judgment. It Happens after the church is raptured. Okay, here's the pre-trib, pre-millennial slide. Oh boy. But, you know, this is kind of ho-hum to us now, right? We've been talking all of these terms for quite a while. So we've got the church age. We have the rapture, followed by the tribulation. Second coming of Christ. There's the battle of Armageddon, the millennium, the battle of Gog and Magog, uh, the final rebellion, and then we have the great white throne. And and as Dick pointed out, there are many um, historical events that will take place we don't have them all on the slides Okay, some of them are on the slides but not all of them here's another slide um, so we've got the death, burial and resurrection of Christ, he ascends to heaven we have the church age after the church age the rapture uh, the judgment seat of Christ Dick mentioned that here just a moment ago and then we have the seal, trumpet, and bold judgments during the tribulation, the second coming of Christ, the millennial kingdom, followed by the great white throne judgment, heaven and hell and eternity.
4: Question. Yes? Uh, could you remind us, maybe I missed that Sunday, but the phrase, the day with the Lord, does it encompass everything including the rapture and including the second
5: coming, or what is the day of the Lord?
0: John, that's a great question. Um, As I understand the day of the Lord, and there may be people that have thought more clearly about this than I have, but my understanding of the day of the Lord is everything that God promises to do for the people of Israel in the future. So will it include the tribulation? I think it will include the tribulation. I think that's part of the day of the Lord. Joel talks about the day of the Lord in in Joel 2 and 3. Uh, Zephaniah talks about um, oh, I, wa- I want to get the phrase I, I believe he refers specifically to the day of the Lord uh, the prophet Zephaniah does so I think it's everything the day of the Lord is when God says "Okay, enough of all of this stuff of, uh, that's going on on earth enough of what man is doing to man enough of, of what the defected uh, angels are, are doing with men.'re we're going we're gonna to right this ship uh, I'm going to demand every knee bow, every tongue confess. we're going to shape up the world and so he, he comes and he does all of that and he will get the glory that he has deserved. So I think the day of the Lord is all of that. Now I think it includes you know gloriously it includes the millennium um, but it will begin with judgment. And move into the millennial reign. So then it wouldn't
5: include the rapture, since that
0: doesn't affect Jesus. Not yeah, yeah, because the Old Testament doesn't doesn't know anything about the church per se, uh, and the rapture of the church. So yeah, if we were going to be very specific, then we would leave out that. You
1: could you could say that the day of the Lord started at Pentecost.
0: You could, um, it, it, well you you could say the day of the Lord started with the incarnation. Um,
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can, I drop it? Can I ask a dumb, a dumb question?
0: No, 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 dumb questions. Uh,
2: if a Jew has become a Christian, then he's counted in with the church, right? right. He's
0: mm-hmm. not not yes. Israel. Okay. Yes. And so, Marv Rosenthal, case in point. A Jew who's a, who's a Christian who's a Bible scholar, um, yes. Messianic Jew. No,
2: I'm sorry, Messianic
3: Jew. Yes. yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I don't know if I should even say this or not, but I think one of the pre wrath positions is makes allowance for the seven-year tribulation to happen and then the wrath, then the bowls of wrath in rapid succession after the tribulation happens. The reason why I even bothered to bring it up is I'm a pre-trip person. However, I think we are on the cusp of living dangerously if we sit back and say, oh, we won't have to go through that when we don't absolutely know no, no, and we could okay. wake up one day and find ourselves in the middle of the tribulation yes. and I think that we shouldn't be too confident in our decisions on this thing
1: First Thessalonians First Thessalonians 5 9 is where we have an answer for that we're
3: yeah. destined for that
1: for God, is, for
3: God has not destined us for yes. us. But that, that, that's why I say they say the tribulation ends before the bowls of wrath. They put the seven-year tribulation with the seals and the trumpets only. They don't put it with the bowls. They say the tribulation ends at the last trumpet and that the mm. wrath comes in succession, rapid succession after that. Very quick. Mm-hmm. Possibly um, that
0: period of time that we show a little bit of differences in the days and Daniel. hmm Okay. Uh, l- let me respond a couple of, of ways. So, Dick, bring you. You brought up First Thessalonians five nine. Christians are not destined for wrath. That is the wrath that God uh, unleashes on the earth is directed toward unbelieving people and toward the Antichrist the false prophet that Satan will stand will, will set up okay that's the wrath of God we're not destined for that mm-hmm. now will are, are we susceptible to persecution you bet we are time and all the time and we uh, you know from, from our Western perspective uh, we think, maybe the fall of the united states and the decline of the united states and western civilization it coincides with the coming tribulation period it may it may not you know the usa as as we read prophecy there there doesn't seem to be a great nation in the west okay <laughs> so whether we're here or not god's program is going to take place
2: have been uh, repeated about the bowls, the vials, and mm-hmm. the other things. Well, what about the four horsemen? I mean, they bring also chaos
0: and death and right. And those hundreds. are part of the seal uh, yes. judgments. Yes. So, uh, K. The, yeah, there are people that have thought very, very carefully about these things and have have looked at the scriptures and and are demarcating this and and you know timing here and this and, and other timing. Um, I think the important thing to, to note uh, Lord help me here I think the important thing to note Is that we are not destined for wrath But we have an angry opposition And he will do anything and everything To make us look bad To to make us give up our integrity of faith And uh, Throw shame to our Savior and to our God Because Satan is all about defaming God And making life about himself he's, he's a loser And he will ultimately lose And if we believe he's already cast down That the world, he's the God of this world So you know maybe he's already cast down Okay uh, But he His mission is to assert himself And to Subterfuge to bring subterfuge before to God and God's kingdom. Um, He is aghast that God the Son would come and redeem man. I I think he's uh, uh, he he can see the writing on the wall, but he'll fight this to the very end until the Son of God comes back again uh, as the Messiah and establishes his kingdom and destroys the Antichrist. The false prophet, and ultimately Satan himself will be bound and put in the bottomless pit. So.
1: And one one example of that is the apostasy that's happening right now uh, in the church, within the church. Uh, certain denominations are allowing homosexuals to be preachers and so forth and so on. Yes. And uh, it's happening already. Satan's already making his
0: move. Yes. Yes. And, yes, yes, okay. Okay, so here's a more involved chart. We have the fall of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, this particular chart maker dated it at 605 BC. The actual fall of Jerusalem was in 586, but the first deportation of Jews took place in 605. Or 606. Okay, so he then is showing us the Gentile age. Okay, the age of the Gentiles. Paul talks about that. Okay, in in Romans 9, 10, and 11. We have the Messiah that comes, but the Messiah is cut off. Daniel 9. Uh, we have the Day of Pentecost and the Church age. We have the second fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So he's charting a number of things across his timeline here. Uh, The church age. And so this particular person looks at Revelation 1, 2, and 3 as the church age. Now, I'll take exception with that. I understand why they're doing that. But I kind of agree, kind of do not agree, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with me and... I don't have to agree with him and he doesn't have to agree with anybody so. (laughs) Uh, We do the best we can with the material that we're given and we want to understand it. Um, So okay so let's keep going. We have uh, the 14th of, of May of 1948 where Israel is given its homeland again and made a nation. Then there's this time in between that historical Event and whenever the tribulation is going to start, I believe, after the rapture of the church. So we have the rapture, then the tribulation. Um, You see Revelation 4 through 19, which I believe covers the tribulation period from the book, Revelation 20, the second coming of Christ, um, the reign of Christ, the Uh, imprisonment of satan and then his final rebellion and uh, the new heaven and new earth revelation 20 and 21 and 22 all right now let's go go uh, to something a little more easy a little more simplified i've presented this to you before um i like this i i drew it up it makes sense to me maybe it'll make sense to you so we have creation We have the fall of of man, and there are two lines that seem to be developed. We've got the line of Seth, which is a godly line. We've got the line of Cain, an ungodly line. Unfortunately, the lines become blurred, and there's only one family that's just and upright and blameless, and that's Noah and his family. And God says, okay, enough of this. Uh, Goodbye. And he brings a flood. And, uh, and everybody but eight die. Um, <clears throat> then God says, "I'm going to narrow my focus uh, to a family, and through that family, I'm going to try uh, not try. I will bring deliverance to the human race. And that the head of that family is Abraham. And so we have the covenants." the covenant to Abraham, followed by a covenant to Abraham's descendants, the the Moses, uh, Mosaic covenant, uh, given to us through Moses, followed by the Davidic covenant, given to a specific uh, descendant of Abraham, a prominent king, and then we have the new covenant through the prophets, again, given to the Jewish people, to the people of Israel, to the people of Judah. So we have all of those covenants that are, that are given and, and promise. Uh, they make promises for the future. But what do the Israelites and the Judahites do? They apostatize and God says, goodbye, I've taken you out of the land. I gave you the land because I'm sovereign over the land. You want to keep my covenant? Enjoy the land. You don't want to keep my covenant and honor me? Goodbye. And And Israel goes in 722. Judah lasts a little longer, 586. Judah's gone because they are not true to God. Then God says, okay, it's time. And Paul tells us in in Galatians 4, at the right moment, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He's a Jew. And we have the Messiah come. He lives and dies as the suffering servant of Isaiah. He ascends. He's waiting for God to say, okay, uh, it's now time to get your church. And then after that, I'm going to send you down and establish the kingdom that I've been promising through all those covenants. Christ will come for, for his church, take the church to heaven. We've got the tribulation or Daniel's 70th week. Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation, brings in and ushers in the millennial kingdom. Then we have the final rebellion. And then at the end, of course, the new heaven, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem. Yes? Uh, just one question. When uh, the believers come
4: down with Jesus at the second coming,
0: Yes. We in
4: glorified bodies. Yes. But then those entering the millennial kingdom on earth are just in normal bodies, right? Yes. Well, how does that interaction look like with different kinds of beings, so to speak, with glorified bodies and regular
0: people? Okay. (laughs) Great question, John. And Does that
4: uh, ever occur in scripture where it's mentioned that those two kinds of people
1: are together?
0: Christ. Christ Christ came and ate with his disciples.
1: I'm I'm sorry, Gene, what did you. Christ came and ate with his
0: disciples. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, people, there will be natural people on Earth during the millennium. They will populate. You know, they will repopulate the world. There, you know, we're, we will see in in the tribulation period that you know a third of the trees are burned up, a third of the sea is is fouled. You know, a, a third of mankind is lost, and all of those things. So, Christ will come back and restore the world. You know. Um, all creation is groaning for the coming of Christ. Uh, it it will be devastated by the end of these three series of judgments. The world will be a mess. It'll it'll be like ground zero. And so, uh, yes, but there will be natural people in the millennial age. The, not only Jewish people, but all other nations, and uh, they will have the privilege of coming to Jerusalem and worshiping Christ and God the Father, or not. If they do, they'll be blessed. They'll they'll receive rain. Their their lands will be productive. If they don't, they will not receive rain. Their lands will not be productive. And they will suffer uh, the consequence of not giving their worship to God.
5: My understanding is the reason that uh, God released Satan is because during the millennial time frame these people haven't had a choice between good and evil because Satan has been locked up so he releases him. That's from what we've understood. So that the people can say okay now I have a choice and I like what he's saying. I'm going to take him.
0: Okay. Um, Let me clarify that just a little bit. okay? Okay. So the natural people in the tribulation or in the millennium will still have their old nature. That's right. Okay, so they can sin. Now, the people who are part of the new covenant will have a new heart, and um, the the uh, the Holy Spirit will be in their lives, such that they don't even need teachers because they will all know the law. Okay, so there will be a variety of people on earth. Uh, covenant people un, and, and not covenant people, and and so forth. Um, I, you know, why does God allow Satan this final rebellion? I'm not sure.
5: Yeah, that's what I heard. That the reason yeah. it was is because since Christ is is reigning in Jerusalem over the everything, there are people who are still going to be sinners, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so. But there's no place for them to go other than with Christ. So that's why they yeah. said, "Release the devil." And some of these people say, "I want to go with him." So that's when they go to the
0: devil. Yeah. yeah the, the human heart is always about itself. Yeah. And just like Satan, you know, Satan's heart was always about himself, yeah. or not. It wasn't always, but it became about himself. And so, okay, let's pray. <laughs> Father thank you for your word Thank you for uh, this class For these good people Lord give us wisdom Give us grace As we uh, talk about all of these issues Give us hope Uh, We trust you We trust your word Uh, You haven't uh, given us A a detailed uh, Day to day agenda But you have given us ages And you have given us Periods of time And uh, we trust your word. We believe that you will do what you say you will do. We believe the promises. We look forward to a glorious age for Israel and Judah. We look forward uh, to our Savior, who is the Messiah, to return and reign on a restored Davidic throne. Uh, We look forward to the nation streaming to Jerusalem. Let us go up to the house of the Lord. Um, We look forward to the acclaim that he is due. Give us peace as we wait and as we trust. In Christ's name, amen. amen.